Welcome to Boise Living Fellowship. We're glad you're all here, and I'm happy Aunt Frankie's with us back in the house. We've got we've got um, Bob. Yeah, what is your name, Bob? <laughs> Bob and Jody with us this morning. They drove up from Twin. <laughs> We're thankful. Thankful you're just all here, and and um, and those and Twin Falls online. Uh, Chris stayed home and to help her aunties, and that's awesome. We appreciate that, Chris, and um, Tom. We're glad you're here with us, and and Lou is on the phone with us, so hopefully she can hear us. And and Lord, Lord bless you, Lou. We're praying for you. We pray that you'll be really strengthened um, this coming week. So, and thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Love you all. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. And I'm excited. Dan um, put uh, um, tuned into the Chicago service and. Annie Rush won that beautiful quilt, so <laughs> I'm so excited for Annie that she won that beautiful quilt. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, be, that's just great. So, um, I'm thankful to be here. Um, my husband um, asked me to be the opener for our services, and I've not really been a very willing participant. <laughs> but <laughs> But the Lord's um, dealing with me about that, and um, God has needs, right? It's not about me. It's not about my um, First John chapter three. And when I, uh, it's pretty cool at this first verse in the English Standard Version, it says, "See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God." And so we are. Isn't that cool? The way uh, you know, I, I just I love the way it says. And so we are, because God said we are, because God died for us, right? Jesus, Jesus has has made it made it so. And and you think about the privileges of a son. And I I I I forget those things. As sons, we have access to all that God is. And um, it's time to, time to believe that, time to stand on the word. And then if you go on in the chapter, um, verse 11, love one another. For this is a message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Um, and then it talks about Cain. But it, it just really struck me this morning. Uh, it's important for me to live as a son for your sakes, for my brethren. It's important that we be obedient to God and speak the words of God that are in our heart because of our brother. Do we love our brother? We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. So... Um, and it goes on to say, of course, everyone who hates a, his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So that, that life of Christ can't dwell in, a, in that spirit, that, that spirit that's, that despises his, the righteousness of his brother. <laughs> By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So anyway, that, that's um, what God's dealing with me about. So 
God has a need, right? And um, it's time I step up and be who God wants me to be. And um, I'm thankful to do it. And I pray it encourages you to be who God has you to be, or who you are in God. And that we, that we will be um, brethren together. And um, please the Lord in all things. So, John, will you open us with prayer today, please? You know what's awesome about this week is uh, every time you meet with the, the elders or you're in a Bible study, it, it starts to pr produce prayers in you and different askings. And uh, um, from Thursday night to meeting with Dan the other day, um, talking about the anointing, um, I just I wanted to just say a prayer of thanks today for that. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the prophecy that's come forth that has been put in our heart, Lord, and, and that defines that we are, we have the anointing within us and we can walk uprightly and strong in faith and in confidence in you, Lord. We ask today that we hear that word that comes forth from the elder and that we apply it to our heart, that it changes another aspect of our soul and our heart towards you. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, John. Yes, and I forgot to even say that Pastor Dan is with us just this today or this week, and I am just so excited about it. He always reminds me of who I am and um, in the Lord, you know, and where I should be living, and I really, really appreciate that. Okay. Oh, okay. So Chris Satterwhite uh, is going to testify for us this morning, and John, um, give us just a minute here, Chris, while we get this mic set up. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, is my mic working? You're fine. Okay, just making sure my mic's working. Because <laughs> I think it's got a little bit of a short in it. So, as some, of the, as some of the elders know, I've been struggling for years with a word that I received from the Lord a long time ago, and that was to be still. And just learning how to be still in, in my spirit. And uh, it, it's been a difficult struggle, but I'm finally beginning to, to see the, um, the end of this, or actually another layer of it, I should say. At, at first, when I, when I was looking at being still, I thought that meant just sit down, shut up, don't say anything, and just go hide in your little corner and be quiet. But that wasn't it. <laughs> And then I thought it was something else and thought, thinking it was something else. And then dealing with the pastors, talking to the pastors and the elders, it was revealed to me that being still is not sitting down and being quiet. The being still was all of those thoughts or, or not letting those thoughts continue to run in, in, my, in my mind. And uh, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but... Basically, what was happening was, even though I was I was trying to be quiet and be still, what was happening was in my brain I was filtering or, or projecting the uh, the word that I was hearing into busyness. I was being busy. I was adding to the word. I was going through and I was searching the scriptures. I was taking notes. I was writing things down. And what was happening was I was losing the word. You know, by two or three days I was going what did I hear? And 
I didn't remember what I was hearing. What am I hearing? And it was because I was being busy, not being still, but I was being busy by adding scripture to what I, what I thought I heard, adding other things, other thoughts to what I thought I heard, adding old teachings. You know, oh yeah, that makes sense. I was pulling up the old man and letting the old man dictate to me what I had heard and whether or not that had made uh, sense. In doing that, I, it was revealed to me that I lacked trust. I lacked trust in what my elders was giving me because I had to go search it out and make sure that it was true. And I was not believing the word. I was adding to it and I was trying to prove the word through the old man, through my old self. And uh, I'm, I'm coming to realize that the believing is part of the letting. The believing is part of the being still. And that's all we have to do is just believe. Hear the word, believe it for what it is, and then let God. That, that letting is the believing. Not to add to it, not to go through and, and do Bible studies and, and try to do word studies. Not to pull up five or six scriptures to back it all up. Just to hear the word and believe the word and, and not be busy with it. I think that's part of being still. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. That is so awesome, Chris. That that is so. That's that's huge. That's a huge step. And um, I I too have had to. Um, I mean, the the years of religion, you know, being um, you'd study. You, you had to get in and study. And, and man, I I did that a few months ago. I was I I felt like I had dug this huge hole, and um, I, I was nowhere in the word. I had no understanding. <laughs> I was like, okay, just throw all that out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just believe the word. And, um, and, and I find that I'm, I'm, I'm being able to identify within myself when I'm doing that. I'm, I'm identifying when I'm reasoning within myself and, and pulling up all of that old stuff. And then I'm telling myself and asking the Lord, I don't want that there. Bring your word. Bring your, um, uh, your perfection into me. And bring that uh, new man uh, to fruition so that I can grow. Amen. That, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Is there anyone else that wants to say anything before I call Pastor Dan up? Okay, we're going to turn the service over to Pastor Dan. I'll say that again. The Lord's been faithful, hasn't he? And uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. For sure. Good to see everybody. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, I love coming to Boise. I, I enjoy it greatly. And so uh, I always get treated very well. Your pastors are very good hosts. Very good hosts. The only thing they cannot do is change the weather. And <laughs> if they could do that, if they could do that, they would reach another level. On, on my gratefulness, uh, but they can't, so it is what it is, right? But uh, they definitely treat me very well, so I appreciate that very much. But i excited. Uh, greetings and, and much love from Chicago. We, we definitely uh, believe, you know, God started a good work there, and he's doing a good thing there, but we... We don't keep you guys out of our mindsets. 
Uh, we love having you guys join us in or join in with us on Monday nights and the Bible studies and things. And from time to time, you're able to join in on Sundays. Very awesome to have you guys part of, of what we're doing, and we want to be part of what you're doing. So to be able to come out here and share the word and uh, always get good feedback. But God's faithfulness is, is true. That's that's the good part. His faithfulness is true. So, you know, we've uh, because you have stayed in touch uh, with what we're doing, you know, the Lord's been leading us in a lot of good things. The revelation of Jesus, the unveiling of of the spirit of God, all of those things. That's that's awesome stuff. I mean, you know, Jesus got killed for saying he was a son of God. And. You know, it's it's not going to be any different. Any any time you begin to enter into a place where you see Jesus, who he is, that means, Connie, you see yourself, who you are, don't you? The minute you have Jesus revealed, that means you're you're also revealed. You you can't hide when Jesus is revealed. You're revealed, too. So that's pretty cool. But the good part is his reflection of light shines on you and lightens you up and anybody that doesn't hide well they're going to be blessed anybody that runs away from the light well that's another story but uh, i know you guys love the lord so you're always going to run to the light right john you're going to run to the light you're not going to be afraid of it you're going to run to it and that those are the blessed people those are the saints of God that are going to be blessed. The ones that run to the light, to the revelation of Jesus, to, to who he really is. So the reason why I like that so much is because uh, growing up, it's easy in churches, you know, through the years, I, I learned that it could be easy to hide behind forms of God, forms of uh, Jesus. And so you... I don't know, it's, it's quite interesting to me that in the church, it's not always so clear that um, you're supposed to not hide. Sometimes in the church, you're actually taught to hide. Uh, you know why that is, right? Does anybody know why that is? I mean, what's that? You want to appear holy. Well, that makes sense. The outward appearance is, is tries to get a hold of you. Boy, that's big, isn't it? And in the church, uh, because you're supposed to represent holiness and righteousness, well, and if it, you're not that in your heart, well, you take on the form of appearing before others as you are. Well, who were the ones that did that in the Bible when Jesus manifested? Right? The, the, the ones that hated Jesus. Well, we're not going to be like that, are we? Who started that whole hiding thing in the beginning? I mean, Adam, he, he ate the fruit of, of the tree and then went straight into hiding. I mean, God showed up. Where are you? What are you doing hiding? And so we don't want to do that anymore, do we? So when, when Jesus shows up and reveals himself, the best thing to do, I think I taught this, is the true glory will humble you. True glory humbles a person. So if you see Jesus, it'll, it should humble you to a place where it, it does make known the 
sin in you, but it doesn't scare you away from God. It humbles you to Him. And I think we're reversing the mindset of Adam is what we're doing. That's what Jesus did. He reversed the mindset of Adam. And if, if he reverses the mindset of Adam, we don't have to worry about hiding anymore. We're just going to follow Jesus, be revealed for everything. And that's good. But I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, and you know it. You know it very well. It's Matthew 6, 33. <laughs> I think I got that part right. Matthew 6, 33. Very familiar scripture to all of us. And it talks about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, to get the context of that scripture, you'd have to read what he's saying, which we might just do in a moment. But I want to focus on something that I want to draw your attention to something today that is very important, okay? And I don't want to face it from the traditional idea of, of only to say, seek first the kingdom. But at the same time, have you ever really sat down and considered what that really is saying? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we stop right there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness now i find it interesting that it doesn't say seek jesus first it says seek the kingdom of god and so imagine this and i want to i want to drop a perception in you today that causes you to go way beyond one image including yourself one part, because the kingdom is all of it. The kingdom of God. So if I'm thinking kingdom, I'm not selfish at all. Kingdom is everything that belongs to God. And sometimes we get so hung up on I belong to God that we forget about everything else that belongs to God. That's a problem, isn't it? Now, what if, what if I thought that way at my church? It's all about me. What if I didn't think about all the members of the body? What if Dave didn't think about the members of the body? What if he only thought about himself? What if our relationship with God was like, well, I'm just going to look at Jesus, and it's me and him, and that's it. And we forget the body. We forget the angels. We forget the throne. We forget the kingdom. We forget the works of the devil. We say, well, the way, that's not part of the kingdom. Oh, that's part of God's story. What do you think the angels of God talk about to the people of God when they deliver the messages of the kingdom? Is Satan included? Yeah. He's part of the kingdom of God. How? He's a servant. He's one of the servants. So is that cool? See, when you look at the devil like that, everything changes. 
wait, no, the devil's out here and God's, well, we're seeking the kingdom. Well, God's going to use the devil as his servant to teach you how to manifest and, and possess the whole kingdom. That's kind of cool. But seek first the kingdom of God means you're not just seeking your own salvation. You're seeking the salvation of it all. For example, how many of you, John, have you ever considered that your Bible is part of the kingdom of God? Now, does your Bible need saving? No. Your Bible. It's just a book, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I know. I've confused. I know. I know. It's like I just confused every, everything. What? A book needs saving? No course not right uh what i'm after is this and if you've been reading my writings you know that i i gravitate this way especially right now you have you have old consciousness and you have new did the old consciousness need saving so what saves your bible well what i'm saying is how do you read it are you reading it in the old if you are, your Bible needs saving. That's the kingdom. See, you're saving the kingdom. If you're, of course, there's still Jesus there. There's still the, the church. There's still the apostles in the New Testament. But what if you're still bringing the works of the, of the law and the flesh into reading your Bible? Are you still saying, if I don't read my Bible this many times a week or this many hours or... Do you think that way at all? You need to, you need to save that Bible because that Bible's not saying that. That Bible is liberating you to walk by love and by spirit. So if you're thinking that way, then we're not, we're not accomplishing anything. So is your Bible part of the kingdom? Yeah. It needs to be saved too. Does our... Our church need to be saved. Well, if we're preaching the old, yeah. Does our, our life need to be saved? Am I walking in the old? That's part of the kingdom. And so I need to be in the new. So what happens is, let's, for all you interpretation buffs, uh, the ones that like to interpret, <laughs> you could say seek first. And we all say right away, well, that means first, not second. Seek first the kingdom. Put righteousness first before anything else. Is that how you interpret that? Well, what if a person says, well, wait a minute. Jesus is the first. So you could say, well, seek Jesus, the kingdom of God. You could say it. Would it still mean the same thing? Well, is Jesus before all things? Is because of him all things consist? I don't care how you say it. It's what my point. It's going to be first. It's like, does Jesus put the kingdom before himself? And yet he is the kingdom. So, Dave, isn't it interesting that in the book of ephesians in chapter 5 when it talks about the husband loving the wife doesn't it say who 
what man would hate his own body? What man would hate his own flesh? And he's counting the church, the wife, as his own flesh, as his own body. Is that how Jesus thinks? Does Jesus think of you as part of his own flesh? So you could even say, well, how does Jesus do it? Well, even he's the kingdom, but he counts everything in the kingdom as part of him. So does he love it? Am I making sense? So what about you? Are you one with Christ? Do you count everything of the kingdom as who you are? So I want to ask you, Ellen, are you the kingdom of God? And, you, you know, and you're like, yes. Of course, see, that's a right answer, yes. But what if I say to you, answer by prophecy, yes. So your yes is prophecy. And so are you in prophecy? Yes. What I said to you the other night, is that prophecy? That you're counted in the kingdom? You're part of the kingdom? Absolutely. That's part of the kingdom. I bet you if I was to say to you, Ted, you're over there, you're running the audio, you're, send, you're recording. Oh, that's just recording. We're just recording the service. No. What if you took on the, the mindset of, I am publishing the gospel and sending it out to the world. This is not me just recording and a job. I am making sure the gospel that is published by my pastor, the kingdom of God here, is now put out for others to hear. What a calling. That's amazing. That's part of the kingdom. And we might say, well, I, I'm, no, I'm just a member of the, this Boise church. Not if you think spiritually. I'm part of the kingdom where the word of God gets to go forth and change my life and change your life. Isn't that cool? And I go, whoo, this is big. This is much bigger than I thought. Is that how you think? And then the glory begins to be revealed. And I remember, you know, um, this saying, you know, it's a classic verse. Classic. You could, you could grow up just about any church and, and somebody's going to preach, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, how many people obey that? Well, that's another story. But I'm going to look at all you right in the eyes. We're going to obey it. Are we not? So now, this this going to apply to your heart, of course. But if I'm thinking seek the kingdom first, what do you think my life physically is going to represent? It's, it's going to represent my love for the kingdom. So when I gather, I'm not just going to gather about me. I'm going to gather about you, too. He said, well, you know, what's the point of traveling around ministering to one another? Because the kingdom. Because you're part of the kingdom. You're in the kingdom. And therefore, if you're in Christ, I'm in Christ, we're all part of the same kingdom. You can bet we're going to sacrifice our life and seek first the kingdom. So that righteousness come forth in you, Jody, just like it would in me. It's like it's it has to be. And therefore, our seeking of the kingdom is not just 
oh, I'm going to read my Bible first before I do anything else today. Because that, that may, may or may not happen, right? Uh, you may not read your Bible first, but your consciousness still lives to seek first the kingdom. Maybe you're an afternoon reader. Maybe you like to meditate. You know, maybe you have a job that requires you to get going, feet running right away. That doesn't mean God left. That just, that doesn't change your heart toward God, does it? No. So seeking first the kingdom is not physical first. It's spirit first, and then it comes into my life. How it, however, it's different, right? So, Frankie, my responsibility in the kingdom is going to be different than yours. But you still have one. You still have one, right? What if you're a uh, what if you're a greeter in the kingdom? What if everybody that walked into the church you said, "Praise God, welcome to the kingdom." I mean, isn't that a crown sitting behind me, Dave? But the the kingdom is, and and you know, some people say, "Well, that sounds a little weird." You know, welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> But, you know, we're thinking just the like-mindedness of, of God. If Jesus was king of kings, notice there's kings, plural. He's king of kings. Lord of lords. Are you a king, John? Are you a lord? What are you in the kingdom? You know, it's like, uh, you don't have to tell me directly yet. I want you, that's a provoking question. But I want you to know, because you may be able to be so kingdom conscious that you're just about your father's business. And that's what you think. That's what you do. And so I, I'm in Christ, Christ in me. I'm part of the kingdom. That's what we do. And that's an amazing thing. Now, I had this, this wasn't just something that was studied, you know. I could trace this back, this particular verse. We preached it. I mean, I was in Pentecost growing up as a kid. We love stuff like this. This and Book of Acts, yeah. I mean, I preached it back in the day at 19, 20 years old when I couldn't even do it. I was preaching it, right, Dave? I mean, we just, we had the zeal. But today I can do it. And I remember at least 23 years ago, uh, maybe, yeah, 23, 22 years ago, same house I'm in today. I, uh, if you've probably heard the story, so I'm going to make it short. But how this changed my life was I was in my backyard praying under my kid's swing set because the person I worked for, up and left, owed me thousands of dollars, up and left the state, just disappeared, didn't even know where he went, out of a job, owed money, didn't know what to do, scared to death, mortgage coming up, couldn't find a job, and, you know, as a man, you try to take care of your family, scared to death, first thing I went to do is crying, praying to God, please, Help me with my mortgage. Please help me take care of these kids. I'll tell you that the 
that moment changed my life forever when the Lord, when the Lord said to me, clear as day, stop that. Seek me first and my kingdom. Don't ever pray this way again. I have never prayed for a physical thing again. Finances, clothes, all this, because that's where the scriptures are leading from in, the, in Matthew 6. The Gentiles pray for that. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going to be clothed in? All of this, right? He said, let it all go. Don't worry about that. I've called you for better things. Seek the kingdom. I, I stopped praying that, never prayed it again. And you know what? Found a job. It all worked out. I'm not saying God gave me the money. Because it was slow. I, mean, I was making $400 a week living in Chicago. That was my first job on my comeback tour. It wasn't a big comeback, was it? It was a test for me. Am I going to falter? Am I going to not believe God what he told me? Am I just going to go as a thought in my head? Nope. There was no dream. There was no vision. It was inspiration, but I knew it beyond anything. This was God in me. It, it, it healed me beyond compare. I'm saying to you, when God spoke that, it, it changed my life to seek the kingdom. That's when I started noticing the work of God that he was doing. It wasn't just about my salvation. It was about your salvation too. Because God loves you just like he loves me. And some may say he loves you better. Maybe, maybe we think that God loves me better. I'm special. I'm entitled. I kind of felt that way coming out of Church as a kid, well, I've been in church my whole life. God owes me. God don't owe me nothing. I sinned against him, man. If anything, he's being merciful. But the point was, isn't it interesting that in my physical life, I had to come to a place where I said, I've got to look to what the kingdom is doing. And I'm asking you today to join in with me on this. The kingdom is the greatest thing because in your kingdom, you will live forever. And you have so much there. Matter of fact, looking earlier in that chapter, instead of just going through and reading it, I'm going to let you read it. You know, you've probably read it 50 times at least. But he tells us what to seek, what not to seek. But earlier in the chapter, he talks about where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be. Now, he says, don't lay your treasures in the earth. Lay them in the heavens. And isn't that interesting? Then you got to have to ask yourself, well, okay, how do I lay a treasure in heaven? And what is it, Connie? What is a treasure? And how do I get it to heaven? And then why am I responsible for doing it? Like, how, okay, see, this creates, have anybody ever stopped and asked, what the heck does this mean? Like, lay my treasures in heaven. What is a treasure? How do I do it? Where do I do it? And I'm, 
I am stuck in the earth. How am I supposed to do that? See, I think about all that stuff. Dave's been talking about Colossians. You say you've been preaching out of Colossians some? Colossians 2 talks about the treasures that are hidden in Christ are wisdom and understanding. Now, question for you guys. Your wisdom and understanding, does that affect your life as you live it here? So if your wisdom and understanding is of the flesh, that's kind of what the that's where you're going to put your heart, is it not? And your life is going to be a representation of your wisdom and understanding. That's true, isn't it? Well, true wisdom and understanding of God is hid in Christ. Oh man, okay. So I got to get in Christ to deal with that wisdom and understanding that he has. And wouldn't so wouldn't it make sense that to have the wisdom and understanding of God, you need to be in Christ. And then what would need to happen? Would he need to pull back the mystery and let you see it? What do you think your life would represent here today if you are walking in the wisdom and understanding the treasures of Christ? Because that's what he calls them. The treasures of God are wisdom and understanding hidden in Christ. If you're in Christ and you're in those and they, the wisdom and understanding of Christ has been revealed to you, what do you think in this life? Wouldn't you be about your father's business seeking the kingdom? Like, for example, I want to know what's in Dave's kingdom. So I'm going to seek first the kingdom. I want to know what's in your kingdom, Connie. So either I have to see it in the spirit, joined with Christ, or I can let you tell me. And if I hang around you for a day or two, I know what your kingdom is. It's discerned quickly. And that's pretty interesting. So my question is, what about you? Are you discerning the kingdom in one another? Are you discerning? Because it could be a kingdom of the beast. Could be John, couldn't it? Wouldn't want that. I'm getting on, I'm getting on shaky ground now, aren't I? Let me get back to the glory. <laughs> to the, let me get back to the happy preaching. I'm in the kingdom. <laughs> I come out and let Dave deal with the beast kingdom. <laughs> That's right. Satan is there. But so, you know, my heart, I knew right then when God spoke to me, well, I, okay, I didn't know everything, but that's where I was learning where my heart was actually going to be. And I think we need that. Like this type of preaching, if I can provoke you, well, this has got nothing. I didn't come here and I judged all your lifestyles and then go, I need to preach this. That is not what I'm doing. God told me this last week. I, I'm not dealing with this today because, oh, I've looked around while I was in Boise and here's what I got to preach now. That's not it. Yeah, the Lord showed this to me last week and said, you tell them. They're in the kingdom. They're part of the kingdom. 
this is this is a kingdom church here and i I don't know it seems like there's probably other churches out there that use that terminology i'm sure there are somewhere i don't know who they are i've never studied them but i know who came up with it i know the origin of it this is god's kingdom and this is this is god's throne and so i have to ask you you know how much do you care about god's throne yeah how much do you care about the right hand of god how much do you care about the two witnesses that stand and watch over the whole earth that didn't think about it right they're part of the kingdom how much do you care about god's judgment how much do you care about God's witness in the earth? That's all part of the kingdom. And we, it's, so, it's easy how we can get so single-minded in a bad way. And I'm saying not single-minded to where Christ and the kingdom is first. Single-minded to where I have a need. My need, my need, my need. God help me, God help me, right? Well, I will say this, there is a time for that. Don't be ashamed of it. There's a time for that. What are they called? When you're in a time of selfishness, what is that called? Oh, thank you. Childlike. It's a child. If you've been a parent, you know. If you've raised any kids at all, if you've been around kids, you know. That kids are selfish. Parents now, on the other hand, if they're selfish, we got a major problem in the house. Parents can't be selfish. They're not allowed to. That's the truth. They're not allowed to. Now think of Christ saying that I'm not allowed to be selfish. I got to die for this church. These are my children. So what if I came here and said, I just, guys, I need all of this stuff from you. And I, would you want me to get up here and preach to you for an hour and as an elder? No, now if I was a child, that would make sense. But as an elder, that don't make sense. So I'm saying if you're learning in a childlike form, you're good. Does that make sense? That you're good. It, there's no harm. There's no sin in it. So to voice your need, there's no sin in that. But if you got up here and said, I'm an elder. And then you said, well, you know, and you, you did all that. That, no, different. You're not going to hear it. Jesus wouldn't do that. Does that, that make sense, right? So, so there's no guilt in it. The kingdom is calling all the children in. And those with wisdom and understanding are going to watch over the children, guide the children, raise the children up. If, if they need to put them in a parable, they'll put them in a parable. But we're part of the kingdom, and so whatever part we do, you know, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, by the way, a greeter 
they have to greet with the voice of righteousness and hope and peace and love. No pressure. Just, she's like, wait, I came here today, all of a sudden I'm a greeter now? Well, in the kingdom, wouldn't you want to be? Even when angels come, did they not greetings? Glad tidings. I came here to deliver a message. Jesus is born. That's awesome. That's a greeter. We're all greeters. But uh, it would, I, I wouldn't want an angel to greet me and say, uh, yeah, not looking so good today, huh? Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the kingdom is filled with, with the righteousness of God coming forth. And we want to represent that. Well, how do you do it? Seek it first. Seek it first. You, you say, well, I don't understand all that, the kingdom, the righteousness. Like you said, I never thought about the two witnesses or the seraphims uh, and things like that. Well, the tabernacles of heaven or all the houses of God. or What about the river that flows out of the throne? You ever thought about that? You ever swam in that river? <laughs> Things like that. We don't think about it, right? We're just trying to get through the day. But I'm here to say the kingdom is bigger. It's greater than, than just our life. So think of it in that manner and become more aware that the kingdom of God is bigger and greater and it involves all of us. And therefore, when I treat you, I want to treat you and entreat you and greet you in a manner of you're part of the family. So I'm not here to try to hurt you or condemn you in such a way. No way. I'm here to, to raise you up. Well, if correction's got to come, that's part of the family. That's part of making sure the kingdom is righteous. So that's fair, isn't it? And therefore, that has to be done. But if any part is overlooked in the kingdom, then what's the Bible say about the members of the body? Does anybody remember? I think it's in Corinthians, Dave, where it talks about Yeah, the eye and the ear and the foot. Yeah, every member in the body is pleased. But then there are some weak links, so to speak. Are you supposed to despise that? Honor it. Give it great honor. Raise it up. That's important. So let's take this Boise church. Are we thinking this way? Are we... Are, Okay, it's like speak for myself, right? <laughs> that There you go, okay. All right, see, it's a new day. That What that means, right, if I hear you clearly is I, I'm hearing what you're throwing at me. I'm hearing that my this church is about the kingdom. And I need to look a little more this way, like my eyesight 
should not be so it's funny the the terminology narrow yet the way of christ is narrow but that's that's single-minded that's toward christ but in my sense my reference i'm using it in the the wrong perception of narrow-minded to where you can't even see the will of christ all you see is yourself this is what we came to say today the Boise Church is part of the kingdom and therefore each member has got to begin to look at the kingdom a little bigger. And it's like Ted back home. I mean, it's like I tell Tim McHenry and Tony and those that are helping. Uh, we have a projector. They run that. It's, all this matters, man. Even in a physical representation, we, we're representing a church and a kingdom that loves to publish the gospel. And therefore, my work is greater than just I'm doing a job. Same with you opening the services, Connie. It makes a little more difference now when you talk about the kingdom. You go, oh, boy. I mean, you're here to announce that the word of God is about to come forth. And actually give some yourself. That's awesome. That's a big deal in the kingdom. You got to think of yourself sometimes as blowing the trumpet. Because when the trumpet sounds, something big's about to happen, huh, Dave? We mosey in the church, half asleep sometimes. My bagel wasn't made right. <laughs> My coffee didn't hit the sweet spot today. And at that point, we, we're not even about the kingdom. We just need our pastor to speak something to us and raise us up because I need your help. Well, sometimes you just have those moments. Shake it off and come into the house of God. And, and uh, yeah, I called it that. And bring a, an offering to the Lord and say, bless the, the name of the Lord here today. I'm not going to be selfish. And in my willingness to give, God's going to give right back to me. Because that's what God is. He's a giver and a receiver. He's not, he's not one or the other. So while I'm giving to you, you're receiving. Does it bless me back? If you receive my word and act on it, does that bless me back? Does that give back to me? That's right. That's my need is that you receive the witness of God and that you act on it and be and fulfill your place in the kingdom because you're part of it. So none of this uh, none of this is speaking as a, a man of God here. I mean the mindset none of this just I don't mean nothing I have no place in the church and I don't like this and I don't uh, so what? Throw all that out. What can I do for the kingdom? That's it. I'm here for the kingdom. And you know, your own pastor has to say that same thing. What, do I, what can I do for the kingdom? And I don't approach me being a pastor as I'm the boss. And what I say goes. Because somebody next to me may say, you know what? I think this would honor the Lord. Oh, my gosh, I didn't think of that. You got this. Let's go. You got five minutes to tell us all about it. 
And if you need 10, take 10 or whatever, you know, it just just honor the Lord. So, you know, and that's kind of what I want to provoke today is is. This is the way we want to think about the kingdom of God is is we're we're leaving behind selfishness. And. What I need all the time and say, what does the kingdom need? What does the Lord need? What does this church need? Does this church need some things? See, I, I want to provoke you to think about this because I'm not here to answer that question. You have a pastor. You have him leading by, the, by what God gives him. So I'm going to let him answer that question. But have you ever asked, what does this church need? Not like, yeah, I know what it needs. Not that. What does the will of God need in our church to flourish the gospel, to promote the kingdom, to bless us all and to stir us up? And you know what? Even to go beyond these doors and bless others and cause people to want to come into the kingdom of God. Well, what about that? Because there's room to grow, isn't there? We all have room to grow, man. And in our world, we could say it's impossible and that the, the gospel of Jesus is declining. But I'll tell you one thing right now. Don't ever try to convince me that, that the remnant of God is going to disappear. So the, they could say the numbers are going down and the battle can increase. But you can't take the gospel out of our heart. You can't do that. You may even come one day and say, we're going to ban a church and a, a Christianity and the Bible and all that. You can't take the gospel out of us. We are the church. So, amen to that, right? And But, but I'm, I'm really beginning to think that way in such a greater way. Because, uh, you know, it's needful. And I want you to think that way too. So I want you to begin to pray about that. And I'm pray with you. And your pastor, I know he's on board with this. I didn't. I don't have to talk to him. We we're in the same thought already. But what is the need for the the kingdom of God here in Boise? Does that matter? Have you ever stopped to pray and ask that question? And and Lord bless the church in Boise. And really take the time to minister to the Lord, and be a blessing. And then sometimes take a step back and say, okay. Let's let God lead me instead of me just always doing my thing. Pretty cool, huh? I'm going to stop right here and see if you guys got any uh, questions or comments or tell me what you think. Yeah, J Jody. Thank you. Uh, just a few minutes ago, my mind started thinking of the um, when you're doing, when we do communion. Uh, for this cause, there are many sick among you because you have not identified the body. That is so true. You haven't discerned it. You haven't seen it. it and that's so true. One of the greatest, one of the greatest parts of being part of the body is discerning all parts of it. And that's exactly what we were talking about earlier. When there's needs there. It's like not necessarily going, well, I don't like you because you, you're, uh, you're always doing this or you're always doing that. I recognize that stuff. 
But I don't ever stop ministering to see the glory come in and change it. So I'll never stop talking about the Lord in it, right, Dave? Even if I see a person is wrong and completely deceived, I'm still going to speak the word of the Lord. Because you know what? God can change anybody. That's right. We're going to discern the body, aren't we? The kingdom. Because that's what, that's what the body is. It's the kingdom of God, all right? Kingdom of God is like a man. It does say that, doesn't it? Go ahead, Ellen. You never, maybe you did, and I didn't hear it, but you never really said, what is a treasure? In the verse, when I heard that verse in old years ago, it was so that all those things could be added. Okay. Are you in Col uh, Colossians chapter 2? No, I was back in Matthew when you said, oh. seek you first. And then whenever I heard it, it was so that all those things listed, the food and the clothes and everything, could be added. Yeah. But that's a physical thing. What is, tre is treasure just the word? Well, what I said was, if you, if matter of fact, let's read it. Uh, Colossians 2. Let's read this verse here. Verse 1. For I want you, this is in the SV, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. Well, look. Hey, did you notice that right there? Let me point this out. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen my, me face to face. Now, Paul saying, I'm at work for you. He, he's representing the kingdom. He's saying, I, I want you to know I, I have a struggle for you. I'm at war for your souls. That their hearts may be encouraged. That's what he's after. Being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in, in whom hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see what the treasures are there? And that's why I went into the wisdom and understanding when you are in the mysteries of Christ and they're revealed, what do you think the wisdom and understanding of God is going to do for you? Is it going to reveal all of the kingdom to you? And it's going to put your heart right for that. Mm -hmm. And I want you to look at that thing about all, all that uh, seek first the kingdom that which is spiritual all these things that are added to you think of it like this earthly so don't worry about the earthly things seek the kingdom seek that which is spiritual first and the 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 earthly things will be added to you i'll take care of you which is quite interesting because he says you know even the birds I take care of the birds. Am I going to take care of you? You're one of my children. Am I the lilies of the field? Look at their glory, greater than Solomon's. I take care of them. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you, John? So, and that's what I went through in my consciousness was, why are you praying all this? You know, I knew right then, just get out and get a job and work. You'll be fine. 
If you don't have as much as the next guy, so what? Just seek the kingdom and be of some value to me. And that's where, that's where the, the treasures of wisdom and understanding and spiritual godliness and righteousness, all of those treasures begin to come alive in the heart because we seek those first. Makes you free. Yeah. We're not free because we're not free because of uh, of our lust. All the Bible is representing the kingdom, which is what's Jesus's kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. Makes sense to me. That's a powerful remembrance. Anyone else? Well, Dave, you want to take this over? Yes, sir. Okay, come on up. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Blessed, too. Are you thankful that Pastor Dan came to spend some time with us this week? We should be, right? There are treasures that are hidden in each and every one of us. And we shouldn't ever want to forsake what God has put in us. Hasn't he blessed us with a word of God that is conforming us into the image of his dear son and making us into his kingdom, his body? These things are, these things are awesome, aren't they? So I'm, I'm so glad Dan came all the way from Chicago to deliver this message because what have we started to perform now, Connie? What, why are we having a, an ordered service now? What's the purpose of that? So there you go. So your mind can be formed around the kingdom of God. That's awesome. And it puts, it puts these members in place of value. Great value. Yeah, and it, it puts every member of great value among us. When you, you, you know, they say, well, why have order? Well, it, it helps the members come together in unity. Amen. It's good stuff, man. There is a treasure there, Bob. So, Chris, I have a question for you. Chris, my question is, after what Dan said this morning, does that change how you think about yourself? Um, yes, some. Um, <laughs> working on that. No, God is, right? Yes. Because you're seeking the kingdom first. Yes. Yeah, right on. And not adding my own to it. Okay. God bless you. So there is purpose in it, right? Chris? There is a purpose. Okay. That's awesome. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the direction we're headed in this body of people. And what God's going to begin to bring forth that gift in each and every one of us. And we should be very excited about it. And so, I, I don't like to use the phrase pumped up. I'm filled up. How about that? I'm filled up. Right on. I'm filled up this morning. And uh, so, Tom, you're ready to testify, right? Tom, are you there? You're ready to testify next week, right? Okay, you're on. Love it.
I told Chris yesterday the only error she could make in speaking was not speaking. That would be the error she could commit. So, yep, appreciated what she had to say today. Okay, any other questions or any other thoughts? God bless all of you and be strengthened this week in the things of God, keeping your mind set first on the kingdom. Amen? God bless you today.